At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hey everybody, this is Play Me A Recipe and my name is Maurizio Leo. I'm a sourdough baker and I'm coming to you from my kitchen here in sunny Albuquerque, New Mexico. Today we're going to make my mini herb rolls and it's a 100% sourdough recipe and I'll have a link to the recipe in the show notes and it'll also be on food52.com. So today we'll be gathering up our ingredients including rosemary, some butter, some milk and honey and we'll be getting our hands and our mixer moving here in the kitchen kind of doing everything alongside each other. So as you're listening to this, feel free to pause and rewind if you need a little more time at each step. And I'll be giving you some cues on things to look for for the dough and kind of how fermentation is progressing. And if you want a, a full write-up on the recipe, you can find it in my sourdough cookbook, The Perfect Loaf. It's in the buns, rolls, and more section. And it's one of the few roll recipes that I have in the book. And I like this one it's a little bit different than your typical kind of larger soft dinner roll. These mini herb rolls are a little bit sturdier, a little bit crustier, and I think they're really great for like slider burgers or even just to have on the dinner table as kind of a, a little side. You can also make modifications to this recipe. You can swap out the rosemary that I call for. You can use thyme instead, or you could use something like chives. And if you don't have the durum flour that I call for in the recipe, which is kind of what I think brings that crustiness or that extra chew to these rolls, you can absolutely swap out that durum flour for whole wheat, even spelt or a corazon would be great in its place. And as I mentioned, this is a sourdough only recipe, so there's no instant yeast added. And if you don't have any experience with sourdough, don't worry about it, I'll explain everything you, you need to look for and what to look for in your sourdough starter and your Levon and everything to make sure that your mini herb rolls are on track and kind of tracking the same schedule that I do here in my kitchen. So I'll walk you through every step of the way and let's get working. All right, let's talk about the ingredients and the equipment you need to make these mini herb rolls. So there's actually two phases to where you're going to need the ingredients for this recipe. The first phase is making your Levon or your pre-ferment. We'll use some flour, sourdough starter, and water at that stage. And then the second stage is when you mix the main dough. And that's where we'll mix all the ingredients that are left over in the mixer or by hand. And speaking of mixing in a mixer or by hand, so I actually call for using an stand mixer for this recipe, but you can also mix this by hand if you'd like. I use a stand mixer because I find mixing in butter and doing enriched doughs like 
like this one is just a lot easier in a stand mixer, but I know not everybody has one. So if you're gonna mix this dough by hand, it's absolutely fine to do so. Just follow the same process that I'm gonna talk about here with the stand mixer. So you wanna mix the dough by hand really well to develop the gluten up front, and then you'll hold back the butter and add it in later, just like I do with the stand mixer. So one piece of equipment that I'm kind of adamant about is a kitchen scale. So when baking, I like to measure everything by weight instead of by volume. The reason is, is that measuring things by weight, especially flour, it's much more accurate than scooping and leveling off and, and measuring flour by volume. It may not seem like a huge deal, but it really makes a difference, especially with bread, when you're trying to achieve a consistent bake every time. Measuring with a scale is just far more accurate and honestly, I find it to be much easier as well. So if you have your kitchen scale, definitely get that out. You're also gonna need a nine by 13 inch baking pan. So my baking pan has a non-stick natural liner. It's a USA pan. I love this pan because I don't have to really grease the interior of the pan, although I still do, but it just ensures that everything removes very cleanly. If yours doesn't have a non-stick, liner on the inside, but you're confident that you can bake without anything sticking, then use it how you would normally use it. I would say definitely grease it with butter or a kind of neutral oil in that case. If you're really worried that things will stick, you can always line your pan with parchment paper. So I'll tell you the exact weight for each ingredients that you're gonna need when I'm going through each step of the recipe, but let's talk about the ingredients just from a high level and what you'll need to make these mini herb rolls. So the main ingredient here is white flour. So I call for a flour that has about 11 to 12% protein. That in the US would be something like an all-purpose flour. If you have a bread flour that has a higher protein percentage, that's fine to use as well. Just know that you might need to add a little bit of extra water when you're mixing to make sure that the dough is properly hydrated. In addition to that white flour, you're gonna need some durum flour. So durum flour is Something that I use to kind of bring a little bit of extra crustiness or crunchiness to these, these little rolls. And it also brings this beautiful golden hue and, and look to the bread as well. So if you don't have durum flour, you can totally swap that out for something like whole wheat, spelt, or even corsan or camut flour. Those would all work really well in its place. And in addition to the two flours, we're also gonna use some whole milk if you don't want to use cow's milk, you can swap that out for any full fat nut or dairy milk. Those will work just fine. And the same thing goes for the unsalted butter that we need. If you don't want to use traditional butter, you can use something like an earth balanced vegan butter that also works really well. And then I also call for natural honey and fresh rosemary that's been finely chopped. Water, of course, fine sea salt, and your ripe sourdough starter. So I didn't give you the weights for those ingredients because I'm gonna tell you about the weights in each step that's to come. Just know that you're gonna need all of those for the main dough mix. And then we also are gonna need one egg and another tablespoon of whole milk to give these rolls a milk wash before baking. That kind of milk wash on top will make them even more golden and just kind of that stereotypical or quintessential roll that you can think of that has a kind of glossy and golden top. 
And then I also like to just very lightly dust the top of these rolls with a little bit of white flour and a flaky sea salt before baking as well. That white flour just gives it kind of some, some visual appeal and then the flaky sea salt I, I think brings a lot of added flavor, just kind of pops a flavor as you're, as you're eating each of these rolls and, and kind of going through them. So let's quickly talk about just sourdough in general. So why am I making these rolls with sourdough? And I'm gonna use this as my opportunity to kind of sell you on why I think it's so great. But sourdough is natural leavening. So it's natural fermentation. There's no instant or commercial yeast used. So we're really just using our sourdough culture that's a kind of balance of beneficial bacteria and suitable bacteria and wild yeasts. So these are microbes that are present you know, in the air, mostly on the flour, and we're kind of harnessing them in our sourdough starter and using that to make these rolls rise. And arguably most importantly, it gives these rolls a lot of flavor. So I love sourdough baking because the lengthy natural fermentation time brings a lot of flavor and a wonderful texture to whatever bread or, or even pastry that you're making. I know sourdough can be kind of intimidating to some people, but if you have a sourdough starter, I'm gonna walk you through this recipe every step of the way so you don't have to be worried about what to look for, you know, how your sourdough starter should look or its aroma or what the dough should look like. I'm gonna kind of step you through the entire process and point out things that'll help you get over any kind of hesitation you might have when baking with sourdough. The general kind of timeline and overview for this recipe is there are really six steps to making these rolls. So the first one is we're gonna make a Levon and a Levon is really just a pre-ferment. It's kind of like your sourdough starter. I'll give you a little bit more detail when I get to the Levon step, but just know that it's gonna be an offshoot of your sourdough starter. You'll mix that up into a jar and let that ripen and ferment overnight. And then the next day in the morning, and it's gonna be the morning that you're gonna bake these rolls, we're gonna mix the dough. So when your levon is ripe and ready, we'll mix the dough, that's step two. After mixing, step three is gonna be bulk fermentation. And that's gonna be the dough's first rise. That's the chance for the dough and fermentation to really begin. It's gonna be the time when your dough rises the most, aside from proofing, and it's gonna be the time when you're gonna give it just one set of stretches and folds, which I'll explain in detail. After step three, step four is dividing and shaping. So we'll prepare our baking pan, we'll divide the dough into 24 pieces, each weighing 35 grams. Remember, these are little mini rolls, so 35 grams is pretty small, but you'll find by the end of its proof, those kind of rolls will rise up quite high and you'll get a nice lofty roll. So that's the dividing and shaping, we'll divide it and then we'll shape it into little balls, place it in our pan for proofing, and that's step five. So proofing is gonna be around one and a half to two hours depending on how warm it is in your kitchen. That's also considered the dough's kind of second or final rise. That's when the dough's been shaped. It's left to essentially just rise and proof in the container. Once it is proofed and risen enough, the final step is step six and that'll be baking it in the oven. The first step in this mini herbal recipe is to make our Levon. Levon is also sometimes called a leaven. It's simply just a pre-ferment. It's something we mix ahead of time and leave to ferment. Usually for me, it's 12 hours or overnight. So with this mini herbal recipe, 
We'll mix up the Levon ingredients the night before we want to bake the rolls. We'll let it ripen and in the morning when it's ready, we'll use it to mix into the dough. If you don't want to make a Levon or let's say it's the morning and you forgot to do it the night before, you can absolutely just use part of your sourdough starter. As long as your starter is fed regularly and it is healthy and strong, you can just use it directly in this recipe. These rolls are very forgiving. There's not a lot of sugar or anything that might kind of inhibit fermentation. So using your sourdough starter is totally fine. But in this recipe, I'll explain how I, I make the Laban in case you want to take that route as, as I typically do. So the night before you want to mix and bake your rolls to a small jar, add 71 grams of white flour. And again, this white flour can be all purpose flour. That works totally fine. To that 71 grams of white flour, add 71 grams of fresh water. And then to that, use seven grams of your sourdough starter in the mix as well. So you'll have 71 grams of white flour, 71 grams of water, and seven grams of ripe sourdough starter. So your sourdough starter is ripe when you would normally give it a feeding. So, you know, typically people feed their sourdough starter in the morning and at night, or, you know, only at night. If that's the case, then it'll be ripe and ready for you to mix right into this Levon. Mix all three of those ingredients in a jar, cover it and let it sit overnight. And after that's done, we'll come back in the morning and we'll start with our mix. Okay, it's the morning here and my Levon has ripened overnight. Now we're gonna do step two, which is mixing. So we're gonna actually get everything into the mixing bowl and mix this in our stand mixer, or you can mix it by hand, as I mentioned before. So for me, the first thing to check on is the Levon. So I'm looking at mine. It has bubbles on the top and at the sides, it has kind of a gentle sour aroma to it. And really it looks like what my sourdough starter would look like when it's ripe and needs a feeding. So again, you can use your sourdough starter if it's kind of displaying these same signs and the same kind of sour aroma, that's totally fine. Or you can use the Levon if you made it the night before. So I went out earlier this morning and I cut off some branches of rosemary from my bush outside. Even though it's winter here, my rosemary plant does just fine, thankfully. I use rosemary in many recipes, so I've got those leaves kind of stripped off and I'm just gonna coarsely chop these up. I kind of like smaller pieces of rosemary because it's kind of woody. I don't want to bite down on a large leaf, in other words. So I, I make kind of a, a not a, I wouldn't say mince it, but a fine chop. And then I have, the other important thing is to grab your butter and take it out of the fridge right now before we proceed. We want that butter to be at warm room temperature before we add it into our mix. And the reason is, is that a nice warm butter will kind of go easier into the dough. It'll mix easier in without clumping and staying, staying cold in the mixer as it's moving. So take out your 54 grams of butter, and I like to cut it up into little cubes, set it on a plate, and just set that aside for now. We're gonna use that later in mixing after we develop the gluten in the dough, then we'll add the butter in. So let's get measuring everything and I'll get chopping this rosemary and then we can start our mixer. So the first thing is grab your mixing bowl and place it on your scale. 
and we're gonna add 271 grams of white flour, so that's the all-purpose flour that I mentioned in the ingredients. So add that to your mixing bowl. In addition to that white flour, add 147 grams of your fine durum flour. And I just love the look of durum. It's got this kind of golden yellow to it. And even though it's a small amount in this recipe, you'll really see that in the end rolls. They'll be kind of golden. And not just from the butter, but the durum really brings a lot of, of gold color to these, these rolls. So I've got those in here. Okay, now that I have the flour measured out, I'm going to measure out my whole milk. So I'm gonna get 83 grams of whole milk and I just kind of pour it into a little container. Set that aside. And then I'm gonna measure out the water. I've got another pitcher on the scale. And add 188 grams of water to that pitcher. Next, I'll measure out my salt. So I need nine grams of fine sea salt. I put that in a little dish and then I like to measure that out like all these other ingredients and just kind of do this mise en place so I have everything out. And that way I don't forget adding something into the dough. So I've got all of the little dishes here. The next one is my honey. So 24 grams of honey, I put that into a little dish. Set that aside. Let's see, finally I've got my rosemary. So I'm just gonna chop that up, like I said, into fine little pieces. And we need five grams of rosemary. So it's rosemary leaves that have been stripped off the branches. And I like to use fresh rosemary whenever possible. I think it just has a really bright and pungent flavor. If you're using dried rosemary, you're probably gonna wanna use a lot less than five grams that I call for. I don't know, maybe two grams or so. Because I have that bush outside, I honestly never use dried rosemary. It's always just kind of convenient just to go outside, pull it off. Okay, now that we have all the ingredients and the butter is warming, got the flour in the mixing bowl, so so to that mixing bowl that, that has your durum and white flour, we can just add everything except the butter and the rosemary. So just kind of dump in your salt. Okay, now also add the water. And then pour in your milk. Okay, and then let's add our ripe Levon or sourdough starter. If you're using your sourdough starter, be sure that you don't scrape out your entire jar into your mix because you want to keep some around so you can keep your culture going. But in this case, I have made my Levon last night, so I'm just gonna scrape all 149 grams into the mixing bowl. Okay, so we have everything now in the mixing bowl. We are holding back our butter that's sitting at room temperature and kind of softening, coming to room temp. And then we have our rosemary set aside as well. So now what we'll do is we'll place the mixing bowl in the mixer and we'll use the dough hook attachment. And we're gonna mix on stir, so speed one on my KitchenAid until everything's incorporated. We'll just take one or two minutes until everything is kind of homogenous in the mixing bowl. And then we're gonna increase the speed to medium and mix for three to four minutes. So in my book, I call this speed medium and I 
I like to say that a medium speed is about number two on the KitchenAid mixer. So you can kind of alternate between two and three if yours has a three, but I usually just keep mine on two and we'll mix that for three to four minutes until the dough that's in there and everything kind of clings to the dough hook. And this is a good sign that the gluten is starting to develop and then we can let the dough rest for 10 minutes. So let's start mixing. And I'm gonna mix for one or two minutes on stir just to incorporate everything and then I'll bump the mixer up to speed two and mix for three to four minutes until the dough kind of clings to the hook. Okay, so we're still in mixing and it's been about four minutes. The dough has started to cling to my dough hook and it's really kind of cleaned up the entire bowl. So all of the little bits of flour, I've had to scrape that down, the sides down just once to kind of help everything remove. But now that the dough is clumped around the dough hook, I'm gonna let this dough rest for 10 minutes. So what we've done is we've begun to strengthen the gluten and that's showing by seeing the dough kind of clump to that hook. And now we're gonna let it relax a little bit outward so we can continue to mix. So the dough here in my mixer is, is quite firm. It's, it's sticky and kind of tacky, but it's a firm dough and you may be tempted to kind of add water in the next phases of mixing, but we don't wanna do that because remember we still have quite a bit of butter to add into this dough. So that's gonna bring a lot of softness and help kind of relax and make that dough spread out and slacken a little bit more. So just trust the process. We'll wait 10 minutes for the dough to kind of relax outward. And in that time, during that 10 minutes, what I'll do is I'll grab my bulk fermentation container. I'll get that ready. My butter is gonna to continue to warm. And at this time, it's also a really convenient kind of stopping point to give your sourdough starter a feeding that you would normally do in the morning. And that way you can keep your culture going and make sure that you can bake these rolls again. So we'll take a rest here for 10 minutes and I'll be back to continue mixing and we'll add in the butter. So feed your sourdough starter and I'll see you back in a few minutes. All right, it's been 10 minutes, welcome back. So my dough in the mixing bowl has relaxed outward. It's kind of slumped down back into the bottom of the mixing bowl. I have fed my sourdough starter, so it's ready for another day of its fermentation thing. And I have my bulk fermentation container here. It's really just a large ceramic bowl. And I've put a splash of water in the bottom and kind of swirled it around then poured the water out. That just kind of helps keep things nonstick. And most importantly, my butter. My butter's been sitting out this whole time that we've been mixing. And you can kind of give your butter a test to see that it's at the right temp by gently pressing your finger into it. It really should offer almost no resistance. So the butter's not greasy or melted, but a finger press just kind of really easily goes into the butter. This will mean that the butter will absorb very quickly into the dough as we add it. So again, the butter's been cut up into little cubes or, or pieces, and we'll add one piece at a time as we're mixing. And then finally, after all the butter's added, we can kind of throw in the rosemary and just very quickly turn the mixer on to low speed and just get the rosemary evenly distributed throughout the dough. So everything's ready to go. I am going to turn my mixer back on 
for one to two minutes until the dough kind of smooths out and clings back to the dough hook. Then I'm gonna start adding the butter in one pat at a time. So I'll wait to add the, each subsequent pat until that one before has been totally absorbed. And then once all that is done, that's gonna take maybe, I don't know, four to five minutes depending on how quickly your butter absorbs. Then I will add that rosemary in and mix on very low speed, just for about a minute until the rosemary bits just kind of get evenly distributed throughout the dough. All right, it's been about four to five minutes and I've mixed all of the soft butter into the dough and then at the very end I added the rosemary and mixed just until the rosemary is homogenous throughout the dough. Now what I'm gonna do is scrape the dough out into my bulk fermentation container and then take its temperature. All right, so the temp of my dough is just about at 25 degrees Celsius or 78 degrees Fahrenheit, which is great. That's kind of what I was shooting for. Now the dough is gonna undergo its first rise, also called bulk fermentation. So this is the point in which fermentation is really gonna start in this dough, and we're gonna give it about four hours in bulk fermentation. If your dough temperature was very far below 78 degrees Fahrenheit, let's say it was 74 or 75, you might need to give this dough a little bit more than four hours to rise. And on the other hand, if your dough was like 80 degrees or 82 degrees Fahrenheit, you can probably divide at about three and a half hours. So again, four hour total bulk fermentation. What I'll do now is I'll cover my dough to make sure that there's no kind of air or breeze kind of blowing on it to dry it out. And I'll set a timer for one hour. In one hour, I'll come back and give this dough one set of stretches and folds to give it more strength and kind of regulate temperature and then we'll let it rise for the remaining time in bulk fermentation. So set a timer for an hour. I'm gonna go actually mix another dough. I'm always baking here in my kitchen, so I have another dough ready to go that I need to mix. And in an hour, I'll come back and we'll give it its only set of stretches and folds. See you in an hour. Okay, it's been an hour into our four hour bulk fermentation. So now what we're gonna do is we're gonna give the dough a set of stretches and folds. So what this does is it helps to kind of further strengthen the dough just a little bit. And since we mixed the dough pretty far in the mixer, we don't really need to do a lot of strengthening here at this point. But I like to give it just one set. It kind of gives a little more strength, but it also helps to smooth out the dough and regulate the temperature that's that's in the dough. So you, sometimes the top of the dough will be warmer or colder than the bottom. And so I do a little stretch and fold to kind of equalize that and, and redistribute the dough a bit. So to do that, what we're gonna do is grab a small bowl and fill it with some water. Then get your bulk fermentation container, uncover it. And what you're gonna do is you're gonna dip your hands into the water and then reach down on four sides of the dough and pull each side up and stretch it over to the other side. So I'm wetting my hands. I'm gonna grab the dough with two hands on the north side of the dough, so the side away from me. I'm gonna reach down, kind of pinch the dough all the way to the bottom, pull up that side and fold it over to the other side, towards my body. 
Now rotate the bowl 180 degrees, so just turn it around so that the opposite side, the south side of the dough is now farthest away from you. Wet your hands, reach down, grab that side and stretch it up and over. So now you'll have kind of a long rectangle in front of you in the bowl. Rotate the bowl 90 degrees, so you're gonna grab the east or west side and kind of repeat that same stretch up and fold over. Then rotate the bowl 180 degrees, you have one last side. Reach down, stretch the dough up and over. So now the dough should kind of look like a, I don't know, folded up square in the bowl. It'll be gathered up in the middle. And I like to just to make sure that the top of the dough is nice and smooth. So you can pick the dough up and kind of tuck the sides under itself just a little bit. Now that we've done the only set of stretches and folds, what we'll do is cover the bowl again. And I'm just using a reusable plastic cover here. Cover the bowl and we'll let it finish rising in bulk fermentation for three hours. So during this time, the, the dough is going to continue to rise and get kind of puffy. And then it'll be time to divide after about three hours. So that's a nice long break. You can go back to work if you're working or work on mixing another dough or shaping another dough like I'm doing here in my kitchen or take a nap, whatever works for you. I'll see you back here in three hours. Alrighty, we're back. It's been a full four hours in bulk fermentation and I just uncovered my dough and it's risen a little bit in the container. It's nice and smooth. And if you poke on it a little bit, the dough will be pretty soft and airy, but not super well risen. We still have time to proof. So the dough should just be soft and stronger and kind of have some defined edges at the sides and be a little bit puffy to the touch, but not so much that it feels like poking a balloon or, or a marshmallow. It's more like, mm, maybe a firm marshmallow. If it's cold in your kitchen and the dough still feels kind of dense when you poke at it, just give it another 30 minutes to bulk ferment, cover the dough, give it another 30 minutes, come back and check again and see if the dough feels a little bit more airy and a little bit more lively. But for me, mine's ready to go for dividing and that's the step we're gonna do next, that's step four. So get your equipment ready before we scrape the dough out of the bulk container. So you'll need a little bit of white flour on the side to dust the dough in your hands to keep them non-stick. You'll need your nine by 13 baking pan. And I've got a stick of butter here and I'm just gonna rub it on the inside of the pan. Even though my pan is non-stick, I like to still grease it because I want to be sure that my rolls will remove cleanly. That's all greased and ready. Set that aside. Then you'll need a bowl scraper to get the dough out of the container. And then, as always, I have my kitchen scale here turned on and ready. So we'll scrape the dough out of the container. Actually, before doing that, I like to give this dough just a light dusting of flour on the top before we scrape it out. That way it comes off the work surface easily. Grab your dough scraper, scrape the dough out. You'll notice it's pretty soft and it should be pretty airy. It has a nice rosemary aroma to it. 
and a golden color from the durum and the butter. Okay. Now you can use a bench scraper to divide this dough into 35 gram pieces. So we're gonna have 24 pieces, each weighing 35 grams. And once we have the dough all divided, then you can go through and shape each one into a small ball. So grab your bench scraper, scale is on. Just start cutting into the dough. And 35 grams, you'll see that these are tiny little pieces of dough and hence the name for the recipe, mini herb rolls. So the way that I'm gonna shape these once I get these pieces of dough all divided is I'm probably gonna use my bench scraper in one hand and then my other hand lightly floured. That way I kind of touch the dough as little as possible and it'll be easier to shape this dough since it's so soft. If you ever have trouble where you run into a dough that is like way too soft, way too hard to handle, especially an enriched dough that has butter or sugar in it, what I always say is you can toss that dough in the bulk fermentation container right into the fridge and let it cool down. Not so much that you know, it's gonna stay in there and be super firm and super tough and super cold, but just enough to firm the dough up so that it's easier to handle. Okay, so I'm almost there. If this takes you a little bit longer, there's a lot of pieces here. got 24 pieces. And feel free to pause this episode and continue dividing. It's okay if you start to get little bits and scrap pieces of dough kind of hanging around. I like to keep all the scrap in one area and kind of merge things together as I can. That way I don't get two pieces of little bits of dough here and there. But really with these rolls, and because the dough is so soft, it's okay for there to be scraps of little bits of dough kind of stuck together or pushed together for one or two of the rolls. I find that rolls are kind of a fun break, if you will, from larger sourdough loaves that I tend to do more often. Okay, now what we're gonna do is, I like to spread a little bit of flour on the work surface, not the area that you're gonna be shaping the dough. You want that to be clear because you need the dough to stick to the counter just a little bit as you're, as you're shaping these. So I put the flour to the side. If my hands ever get too sticky, then what I'll do is I'll kind of run them in the flour just to um, keep them non-stick. But you want that tension between the dough and the, and the work surface. So with my bench scraper in one hand and my other hand lightly floured, I'm gonna scoop up a piece of dough and put it on the counter in front of me. So it's a clean counter, there's no flour on the bottom. And I'm going to push the dough with the bench scraper 
drag it against the work surface. And what's gonna happen as you do this, you're gonna push and drag and then use your free hand that's floured to keep the dough from sticking to the bench scraper. So drag, pull, and then use your hand to keep it off the knife. Then rotate the dough a little bit, drag and pull. So what you're doing here is, as you push and drag, you're rounding the dough a little bit and using your free hand to guide it and tuck the dough under and then keep it off the blade. After doing that a few times, you should have a tight ball in front of you. If you need to round it a little more, that's fine. Okay. Then place this ball. Try to keep it so that there's very minimal seam on the bottom. Kind of want it pinched tight. It should have like a tight skin on top. We're gonna place this into our pan and we're gonna do six rows of four. So I put that one up in the corner and I moved on to the next one. This can be a little challenging because these rolls are so small. If you're having trouble using the bench scraper, you can always flour both hands, pick up the dough in your hand and kind of fold it over but I like to use my bench scraper. I can get a nice tight skin on the dough. Forms into a tiny little ball. This is probably the most hands-on and time-consuming step of this recipe because you're forming these tiny little balls. But once you get into a good flow, you can toss on some good music, or I guess you could listen to me narrating this. And you kind of get into that baker's flow where you're just working with the dough in the zone, shaping, kind of a mindful, mindfulness practice, if you will. Okay, I'm gonna to continue to shape the re remaining 20 of these and then I will come back. So throw some music on, maybe have a cup of coffee nearby, finish, shaping all of these rolls, put them in the pan, and I'll be right back. Okay, I've just finished dividing and shaping all 24 pieces of my dough. I have them in my nine by 13 inch baking pan, and they're spaced out by about, I'd say half an inch between pieces. I have them in six rows of four. And at this point, what we're gonna do is we're gonna let the dough Proof. So we're gonna do step five in the process for these mini herb rolls, and we're just gonna cover the pan, let these rolls rise for about two hours. My kitchen is about 74 degrees Fahrenheit, so two hours should be about right for these rolls to rise up and be ready for baking. So cover your pan, and then we'll take another break. And that's one of the things I love about sourdough baking is that you kind of come in at these points through the process to kind of guide the dough to its final destination, but you don't have to really baby the dough every second or every minute. You kind of do your thing, let sourdough fermentation do its thing, and then come back and see how things are going. So that's one of the favorite things for me about sourdough baking is that I can kind of work it into things that I have going on here at the house. I might be working, or I might be working on another dough, or I might be taking a nap, or I might be watching my kids. A lot of things going on, but I always can kind of work dough into my kind of family life or my, my home schedule. So cover your dough and I'll see you back here in two hours.
Okay, so it's been actually a little more than two hours in proof. It's been about two hours and 15 minutes. My kitchen is a little bit cooler than I thought, so just judge based on how the dough looks and feels. So mine's risen up a little bit. You're not gonna have a ton of rise in these rolls because there was space between them when you're proofing, so they'll kind of spread out a little bit and rise up. But when you poke them, they should be really soft. They should feel kind of like a marshmallow. That'll let you know that these are ready for baking. And about 15 minutes ago, I preheated my oven with a rack in the middle. I've preheated it to 400 degrees Fahrenheit or about 200 degrees Celsius. Now the oven is ready and I've got my ingredients ready for the egg wash. So I've got one egg here. I'm just gonna crack the egg into a bowl. And then to that, just to add a splash of milk. I like to use a fork to whisk this together. And just whisk the egg in the milk. Okay, now that that's whisked together, it's kind of bubbly. Grab a pastry brush or a silicone brush. We're gonna use that brush to brush on the egg wash. And I also have some coarse sea salt nearby. And if you'd like, you can fill a fine meshed sieve with some white flour and you can kind of dust that on after you apply the egg wash. It kind of gives it a nice visual appeal. So I'm gonna brush on the egg wash under these rolls. You don't want to put too much on, but you wanna make sure that the top of each one is covered in the egg wash. Okay, I have the egg wash on all of the rolls. Now I'm gonna put on the sea salt and just sprinkle some on top. It'll stick nicely to these rolls because of the egg wash. Once you have sea salt on all of the rolls, we can slide the pan into the oven. So my oven is preheated here. So just slide your pan into the oven and bake for 15 minutes at 400. Then, then after 15 minutes, rotate the pan 180 degrees and bake for about 10 minutes more. The internal temp on these rolls should be around 204 degrees Fahrenheit or 95 degrees Celsius. You'll really know they're done when the tops are nice and golden. Just keep an eye on them during that last 10 minutes of baking, just to make sure that they don't color too fast. Everybody's oven and everybody's location is different, so I always like to say that last five to 10 minutes is just keep an eye on it. Okay, I'm gonna slide these in. Okay, set a timer for 15 minutes and we'll be back to rotate the pan and then after that, We'll do another 10 minutes bake, and then we'll be back to see how these rolls turned out. Okay, 15 minutes has elapsed, and now it's time to rotate the pan in the oven back to front. All right, these rolls, they're rising very nicely in the oven. Let me turn the light on. And remember, these are small little mini rolls, so you're not gonna get a super tall rise like you would from something like a dinner roll but you should see the skin on the dough kind of stretched and look nice and buttery and golden. And just opening that oven has kind of filled the kitchen with a wonderful kind of buttery rosemary, just this herbaceous aroma. And these are one of those things that you bake in the oven and you can hardly wait until they're done because you just want to eat one of these rolls. So try to contain yourself. 
set a timer for 10 minutes and we'll be back to pull these out of the oven when the interior temp is right around 204 degrees. So 10 more minutes, they should be golden on top. I'll see you back in 10. So you'll know these are done. The tops will be kind of a uniform golden brown. They'll have a nice rise. If you kind of tap on them carefully, they're hot. Um, they should be nice and crusty. And if you have a thermometer, the internal temp will be 204 degrees Fahrenheit. And usually with baked goods, especially larger loaves of bread, I like to let them rest for sometimes up to two to three hours to let the kind of the interior and the crust fully set. But these rolls are so small, they are really great just straight from the oven. So you can take your pan out and using mitts carefully kind of take the rolls out and let them cool on a wire rack and you can really eat them and serve them immediately. And I love these rolls. You can cut them in half and kind of use them as slider burger buns or you can just eat them as a side for a barbecue or really any kind of dinner meal. And depending on the herbs that you mix in to the rolls, you can kind of change the flavor profile. So these ones have rosemary, so you have that really nice kind of woodsy, herbaceous aroma. And the flavor is just, it's mellow in terms of using sourdough. There's not a, a super sour flavor, but there's a lot of complexity from that lengthy natural fermentation time. And the rosemary and kind of the durum flour and the butter just kind of all work together and swirl together and you get this just really flavorful roll that is surprising. I think a lot of people think of small side rolls as maybe something flavorless and something used to sop up sauces, but these are really good kind of on their own. I would be happy just to cut one of these in half and use it as, as a sandwich roll. Well, that's it for this episode of Play Me a Recipe. Thank you for letting me play you a recipe today. And I hope you give these rolls a try. They really are delicious and they're super easy to make with lots of variations that you can take, changing the herbs and even the, the grains inside the, the dough mix. The recipe is in the show notes and you can also get a copy of my cookbook through the link in the show notes as well. And you can also find me at theperfectloaf.com. That's where I have a lot of my recipes, a lot of my sourdough baking and instruction. And you can also find me on Instagram. My name is at Maurizio. That's at M-A-U-R-I-Z-I-O. So I hope you give these a try and happy baking.